Welcome to Right on Track, a songwriting podcast. Thanks to Tone for tuning in. I'm Demi Michelle Schwartz, and I'm thrilled you're joining me on my songwriting journey. So kick back and relax, don't fall flat, and remember, stay right on track. excited because joining me today is a returning guest. She is basically a superstar of the show at this point. Please welcome Madison Young. <laughs> Thank you. I was actually thinking that this is my fourth time coming on. I was like, at this point, I should just be like a co-host. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm thrilled you're joining me today because we are going to be chatting about writing from a title. And before we get into this, though, what have you been up to these past few months? Oh my gosh, that's such a big question. Um, lots of things. I'm I'm currently looking to move to Nashville, so uh, I've been checking out some different places, and I visited there for a couple of weeks. Um, and I've been playing a lot of shows. Uh, not writing as much as, as much as I would like to be, but uh, I am trying to write a lot. And then the company I work for has just been so so crazy busy. Um. And which is really great because I love my job, but it keeps me on my toes. So, so it's been really good. Very, very good and chaotic and busy, but all good things. That's awesome. Well, it's so cool you're thinking about moving to Nashville. I hope that goes well. Um, keep me updated because I'm going to be there in October. So if you're there, we should totally meet up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My goal is to be there by October. So that would be perfect. Yay! Reunited in Nashville. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Well, let's dive into our fun chat about writing from a title. So first, for anyone listening, this is basically just a songwriting technique that is exactly what it sounds like. A song is written from the title to the concept and story is basically all developed from the title. So Madison, why do you think this is a great technique? So writing from a title can be um, really great because it can serve as like a roadmap for your song. Um, sometimes if you sit down to write and you have nothing, you know, if you're looking at that blank piece of paper, it can be really daunting. Nothing comes to mind. It's just like you're floundering for my, for ideas. Um, but having a title say something like, um, thinking about you, um, you can kind of, there's a lot of things that you can do with that. And there's a lot of ideas that that immediately sparks. And so it can kind of just get the ideas flowing faster. And then you find yourself um, knowing what your chorus is, your big idea of your chorus is already going to be. Personally, writing choruses is really hard for me. So having something, having the hard part out of the way, having the major hook figured out already is really, uh, it just kind of like lightens the load and like allows me to take a deep breath and just keep going. Um, so that's personally why I like writing from a title first. I love what you said about choruses because I'm the same way. You know me, I'm super visual and I love my imagery and I tend to really get deep into verse content first. And then I'm like, wait, I have all these pretty images and metaphors, but what am I actually trying to say? So I completely agree that starting from a title can help you be grounded in the message sooner. And for me personally, something else I really like about writing from titles is I write songs that... I may not have considered writing because you can't really anticipate being somewhere or reading something and something jumping out as a title 
because those things are just completely unpredictable and when you get one of those moments it can make your mind go down all these paths that you haven't gone down before which leads to song ideas that you may not have thought of because when I'm writing from concepts in my life and stories they tend to be centered around similar things but when a very unique phrase or word jumps out that's completely different that opens the door for more creative songs absolutely um I so I found myself during like the pandemic and stuff when I was stuck inside a lot just feeling very um, uninspired. I had no idea what to write about because my day looked exactly the same. And um, I have, you know, since co-writing with a lot of people and taking a lot of songwriting classes and stuff, I found that um, even if you're doing the same things day after day, there is, um, the songs are everywhere. There's creativity everywhere. And uh, once you start noticing, oh, like this is, this is where I find titles or like, oh, this is how how you can find creativity in the world around you, suddenly those ideas and concepts and titles just jump out at you um, and you can just easily grab them whenever you feel like it. Um, so it's definitely been a blessing to be able to notice, okay, like I'm, I'm in the car and I'm listening to the radio and the radio host says something about whatever going on and I'm like oh look there's five titles and what he just said great there's five new song ideas so it's just uh it's really great to have that that source that I didn't even realize I had before yeah for sure I completely agree and the coolest thing with this and inspiration in general is it's not like you're going about your day hmm, I wonder what song title I'll find next like <laughs> Like these are things that just jump out out of nowhere. And so that's a perfect transition into chatting about where we can find song titles. So where are some places that you found titles? Um, well, we're going to, I know what we're doing next. So um, well, I'll have an example, but poems and books. Um, I love television. I love watching TV and movies. So TV and movies, um, like quotes from that stuff. Um, and then a tool that I do is I like to journal or free write at the top of every writing session that I do. And uh, maybe I journal for like five minutes using my senses and talking about the world around me or talking about a concept, something like that. And uh, then I'll just read through the paragraph that I wrote, just completely free writing, letting myself, you know, just write whatever comes out. And uh, I highlight all the titles that jump out at me. So, but if you're a journaler in terms of like that journaling or in terms of like at the end of your day, you're just writing about how your day went, whatever, um, you can find titles in there too. I love that. I think the cool thing with the free writing or journaling is that that's an internal thing. Whereas books, movies, TV shows, even just everyday conversations, those are all external things. But when you are actually free writing or journaling, getting your own thoughts and feelings down, those titles that jump out at you came from you. And I think that's really cool because that can bring up different angles and stories and concepts that are kind of in your subconscious that can creep out during those free writing and journaling experiences because you're not really thinking about it. It just kind of rises on its own. Absolutely. And then because they already came from your subconscious, um, probably already a deeper meaning to those songs like if you know something rose in you during that journaling and you found that title okay there's already an, an idea for you to take that song somewhere else 
Um, so I love finding titles from those internal sources, but sometimes you just can't get there. Sometimes it's too much work. So those external sources can be really great sparks of inspiration as well. For sure. Yeah. Titles are everywhere. Like, and I think when you are open to being inspired and noticing titles at unexpected times, that definitely leads to incredible songs because it has for me and I know it has for you. So now we are going to do a little fun thing. So you guys listening are going to see this in action. So Madison is going to read a poem and then we will see where this goes. So go ahead, Madison. Okay, so I'm going to be reading a poem called End of Summer by Stanley Kunitz. And it goes like this. An agitation of the air, a perturbation of the light, admonished me the unloved year would turn on its hinge that night. I stood in the disenchanted field amid the stubble and the stones, amazed while a small worm lisped to me the song of my marrow bones. Blue poured into summer blue, a hawk broke from his cloudless tower, the roof of the silo blazed, and I knew that part of my life was over. Already the iron door of the north clangs open, birds, leaves, snows, order their populations forth, and a cruel wind blows. Beautiful. So let's go back and forth and list three titles that stood out to us. You go first. What's one? I love the word silo. The silo blazed. Just but silo as a title would be really cool. Oh, okay, love it. So I thought of disenchanted. Ooh. Um, I love a cruel wind blows. Oh, that's a good one too. So my next one I have is the unloved year. Oh, that one's good. That was gonna be mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um and then uh summer blue. Yeah, that was my last one too. Awesome. So you had the summer blue and the unloved year jumped out of you too, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So out of those two, since those ones both resonated with us, which one would you rather discuss? I think unloved year. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's a really great one. So this can go many different directions. Um, I think looking at it literally, it's like the year you didn't love like can be just a bad year. If you look at the other side of this, where you can kind of reframe the title and see each word individually, unloved can just mean a time where you didn't feel loved, or maybe it's after you fell out of love and putting year to that, that can be the year that that happened. Yeah, just to um, just to quickly say what Demi's doing here, um, she's just recoloring the title, which is where you take a title and... Um, you find the different meanings in that. Um, and so maybe in one chorus that at the top of chorus is talking about how much you, for unloved year, you hated that year or whatever. And then the next chorus is like, maybe the year itself was unloved by you or whatever, you know, or, or maybe like you, it deserved to be loved, but you didn't love it or whatever. So it's just flipping that meaning in each chorus. So that way it doesn't mean the same thing each time. Yeah, no, that's fantastic because I think the coolest thing when you have a title like this, where it can be interpreted different ways is that you give the listener different pieces of the story and different verses. And that's something that, I sometimes struggle to do when I'm writing about a story or a specific concept for my life because you can kind of get stuck in the same place. But when you're writing from a title, it's almost like 
that title or phrase provides all these different avenues you can go down. And the other thing too is like, you want everything in the song to go back to the hook and the chorus and the title. So when you're writing from that, you can kind of see those different angles. And when you naturally do that in the writing process, everything is going to go back to that title. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really cool when you have a title that has so many options to it um, because then maybe it sparks something in another writer or maybe um, I think part of what makes songwriting so awesome is that um, people write about their very specific experiences, but then it's taken very universal universally. And um, it really, once that song's out in the world to your listener, it really becomes their song and about their experiences. So having a title that can have um, different meanings or different um, interpretations can just really expand upon that. Um, and then I think just connects you with your audience even more. For sure. Absolutely. So let's take this a step further. So out of the different interpretations with the unloved year, what do you think we should do for our storyboard? Like as if you and I were writing a song right now, what are your ideas for possibly a first verse? Yeah, so that first verse, I think that we should take it literally um, and that, like, you personally didn't love that year. Um, it, yeah, just take it in that value and you take you talk about your verse not loving that year. So then I think what we could do moving through the story is in that first verse, you're listing those things maybe that you didn't love about that year, maybe using some kind of language, like sensory Like sensory details, imagery, yeah. For sure, yeah, to show the different ways that you don't love that year maybe like i don't know like a torn calendar like crossed out dates and yeah like an empty new year's party right like standing alone at the end of the night yeah uh, like deleting the photos from your phone whatever it may be yeah no it's a good one too and maybe just the feeling of like if you don't love something everything feels dull and like not good so even the pretty moments of the year like spring blooming and summer months and even the beautiful moments of that year were colored darkly oh totally like you notice the mud and not the flowers you notice right. the rain and the sun yeah totally yeah. so I think that'd be perfect for a first verse then moving on to the second verse I think this is an interesting setup because you're painting this picture of this very dismal year and then when you get to the chorus that's where you're going to drop the title the unloved year which makes sense because of the way you painted the picture and then the listeners are going to be asking well what about this year made it this way and I think this is where we can kind of do the recolorization where we're showing that you felt unloved that year maybe you fell out of love the relationship didn't go well and then you're kind of making it more internal, stepping away from the sensory details and showing what happened to you personally that made you feel like that was an unloved year. Yeah, definitely. And maybe it, yeah, you use that sensory detail and you show those moments of, you know, sitting alone at the at the restaurant and, uh, you know, blocking his number or like showing up at his house and he's not there or whatever, or at their house. And um, or maybe you even, another option is taking those original moments of like, the mud and the sun and the spring or whatever and it's zooming out and showing oh it's because you're walking by yourself oh it's because um you were supposed to meet on a park bench and they never showed like whatever um yeah I love that I love flipping that title in that way 
I love how you keep bringing up the flowers because when you think about like love, like you think of red roses. So maybe you remember back to springtime when all the flowers were blooming and instead of your loved one, instead of them giving you flowers, you're seeing them die. Something like that too could work. Yeah. You and I know how to write some sad <laughs> songs. So uh, <laughs> I love that instinct there. <laughs> so now the bridge. Oh man. What should well, we do for the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> this is, hey, this is your like domain here. What do you think? I don't know. I feel like the bridge can kind of say that that unloved year is over and behind you and the seasons pass. That season of your life has passed. If you're talking with the years, you can bring in the seasons and you can talk about how like you're hopeful to have a loved year. And then maybe the last chorus can be flipped with that instead of unloved year. You could flip that, um, that last chorus after the verse or after the bridge, excuse me, to, um, to being something like I'm not going to have another unloved year or something like that yeah and that's perfect too because another thing that we songwriters do aside from just finding ways to recolor the titles and the verses and the bridge is the lead-ins to the choruses so there's a way to kind of bridge the gap between the verse and the chorus or the bridge and the chorus in a way where the lead-in words to that chorus are different each time. And so what I was kind of saying was actually saying loved instead of unloved, but what Madison's saying totally works too because you can set it up in a way where instead of saying maybe I had an unloved year, she was saying I'm not going to have an unloved year. So the chorus itself stays the same, but the way it's led into is different. Yeah, I love those lead-in phrases because just one phrase can completely reshape the meaning of that section of your song. Um, that's definitely something I probably overuse in my writing, but uh, <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> no, it's so cool. Yeah, and that's a perfect thing. Like when you have a title where you can do that and you have all these different ways of approaching the chorus different, that just leads to a more rounded song that's not just the same thing being said over and over and over again. Sure, the lyrics and the chorus are the same, but because you're setting it up differently, it kind of has a different meaning. And I think that's incredible. I definitely think that's something that you can't overdo. Like, I don't understand how you can overdo that. Maybe you feel like you're doing it a bit much, but it's definitely a technique that works for sure. In the first verse, we are describing the year as being dismal and all these sensory details showing that it wasn't a great year. The chorus is specifically just saying the big message that it was an unloved year. The second verse is getting more personal and showing the listener what exactly in your life happened to you that made you feel unloved during that year. Chorus comes back again. Then the bridge is looking to the future and saying that you are not going to have an unloved year and having more hope for a better one to come. And then obviously the last chorus is framed differently. So there you go. That is how this could work. And Madison and I have definitely used this in our own writing. So Madison, what is one song that you have written from a title for? Yeah, I have this song called Walking on the Ceiling, um, which actually uh, was a title inspired by Andrea Stolpe, who um, who asked me to to think about a position, a position that I sat in when I was a, when I was a kid. 
And uh, so something I would do, it I was lay, I would lay on the floor and I'd pretend I was walking on the ceiling, my feet. So I did that and I realized, oh, walking on the ceiling, that's kind of cool. So I took that title. Um, and the song just from there really storyboarded into this, um, into about just feeling disconnected, kind of about anxiety um, and just never really feeling like you're on the same plane as everybody else. You're walking on the ceiling, that kind of thing. I love it. No, just when you said walking on the ceiling, I was like, never heard a song called that. That's the cool thing with the titles is they're so unexpected, like, and they're so unique, too. Yeah. What's one that you have to me? So one of mine is Rain on My Parade, and I'm so excited to record this. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, it's really fun because Rain on My Parade is a phrase that means, like, you know, don't spoil this for me. Don't you know, ruin it for me. And so this song was inspired after I received award nominations for the Jersey Music Awards. Some people weren't very nice to me. So I was like, yeah, you're not going to ruin this moment for me. And so I was like, yeah, you're not going to rain on my parade. And so that's where that came from. But the way I did it was I literally took rain and parade as two very different things like I stripped away the metaphorical language of rain on my parade and took it literally but I still pulled in the concept of that song in the verses so the first verse is through the lens of the rain and so I'm saying things like you know you're not gonna wash me out stop stealing sunshine like your winter things like that um and stop drizzling on my roses so it's bringing in the weather imagery there and then the second verse pulls on the parade so I'm basically saying like I'm having the time of my life at this parade um higher than the floats um and I'm the one on the carpet and you're the clown in the circus (laughs) that kind of thing um so it's literally pulling literal language from those two into the concept of you're not gonna rain on my parade and so that was really fun um that was probably like the first song that I really did the recolorization for and that was a really fun experience because after that I definitely want to do that more yeah, well, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't know that people weren't the nicest to you, so I'm sorry that. Oh, happened. that's fine. <laughs> but um, I'm at the very least, I'm glad a new song came out of it, and I can't wait to hear it because it sounds like it's gonna be. Uh, well, actually, I have heard it, so <laughs> <laughs> I know it's already amazing. <laughs> I was just trying to play it cool there for a second, you know, like I uh, didn't have a sneak preview. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fun one, and I'm very excited. So. Yeah, so this was a very fun episode, very, you know, like, spontaneous. None of this could be planned in advance, so this was really fun to do this episode and talk all about writing from a title. I love talking about songwriting tools and techniques. I think that's really important, and you and I have definitely written some kick-ass songs, so we know what we're talking about here, Um, (laughs) but but thank you so much for joining me, Madison. Um, Are there any final thoughts you would like to share about writing from a title? Uh, well, no, I, except for just to do it. I think it's just a super underutilized tool, you know, and, uh, we've, we've had, or I've spoken to many, um, pro songwriters, um, like Grammy nominated songwriters, stuff like that. And this is a a tool that they use as well. You know, when you go into a a co-writing room, if you're a, a, a Nashville staff writer or not even a staff writer, but, um, if you go into a co-writing room, often you only have 
like two or three hours to write a full song. So um, just go in and make it easy on yourself. Have a title to start with or have something at the very least to start with. So that way you're not sitting there for three hours wondering, oh, gosh, where am I going to go? Um, yeah, I, I just think sometimes we make I, and I'm I'm a hypocrite because I'm saying this and I do this myself. But um, <laughs> Uh, I think we make things way too hard on ourselves and just start nowhere. And we're like, Oh gosh, we have to figure it out. Um, and, uh, no, don't, don't make things too hard on yourself. Let's start with a title. Try it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I think what you brought up there about doing this in a co-write is a great point to end on because clearly these titles have different interpretations. Something that jumps out at you might be very clear to you but another writer might see that from a different perspective and that just brings in the whole you know recolorization thing so when you're writing those different sections of the song you're not banging your heads off the wall like oh god where are we taking this now you have different people with different perspectives bringing different layers of that title and the story to the table and so you guys all contribute to the song and I think it can flow much more naturally didn't our song Houdini start with the title yeah I, I was actually yeah. thinking of that song yeah yeah and I mean for that like we took it in not a lot of different places but there was a lot of ideas that stem from it but then we had like okay like we have a roadmap we have a semblance of what this song should be and uh I had such a fun time writing that song with you maybe one of these days we'll get it recorded and out but uh at the moment it's just our little secret <laughs> <laughs> Well, Madison, it was lovely having you again for a great episode. Can you share with everyone where they can connect with you online? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast being here. Um, and I just love talking about songwriting tools. So I really appreciate it. Um, you can find me uh, on Spotify or any of your streaming services at Madison Young. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Madison.RayAnn. So M-A-D-I-S-O-N dot r-a-e-a-n-n-e and that's actually the best social media place to find me so uh hit me up there <laughs> <laughs> the way you spelled your name was very like okay m-a-d-i <laughs> you know why because every time I spell my name people are like wait what was that was there an e was there an extra a no it's Ray Ann <laughs> Funny story about this real quick. So when I released LA Will Wait For Me, CD Baby gave me such a headache because I entered your name in the co-writer spot and they have this very annoying, 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 annoying capitalization like thing. So there were certain songs of mine where the titles like words were getting lowercase that shouldn't have been. Perfect example for your name because it's like Ray Ann and the Ann is capitalized. It wasn't capitalizing the A. And I was like on the phone with these people like for weeks. I was like, y'all got to capitalize her name. Like her name, that's her legal name. You have to capitalize the A. And they're like, well, we can't. I'm like, you guys, that is literally her name. Like capitalize the A already. Oh my gosh. You know what though? That's insane to me because like, um, like Anne Marie, like that huge artist songwriter has capital a and capital m and i think it's one word or at least it's hyphenated so it's like come on guys figure this one out it's because it's cd baby this oh. is not a pro cd baby podcast but i still use them as my distributor <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> all the facts and insider information here on this podcast <laughs> 
this podcast is not sponsored or anything by CD Baby at all. So don't worry. <laughs> all right. Well, Madison, it was lovely having you on. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this very fun episode again with Madison Young. And of course, until next time, stay right on track. Thank you.